Are you a healthcare organization struggling to achieve success? What if I told you that success not only depends on strategy, but also on the right mindset? At the Mindset Gap, their team of seasoned consultants understand the critical role mindset plays in achieving organizational excellence by empowering your workforce to think innovatively, embrace change, and adapt to new challenges. So imagine your workplace, one where your employees and patients thrive, where creativity and productivity go hand in hand, and where obstacles become opportunities. Don't let your organization fall into the mindset gap. Take the first step towards unlocking your potential today and email assist at themindsetgap.com with the referral code GENCAN20 to schedule a consultation. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. This is a safe space where we invite healthcare providers to unapologetically be themselves after the working day. My name is Jennifer George, and each week I will connect you with guests and stories that will help transform your stress to success and fulfillment. Are you with me? Grab your drink of choice and let's chat. everyone. Welcome to the Healthcare Provider Happy Hour. I'm your host, Jennifer George, and I'm joining you today with G-Day OK. He is the CEO of Render Health. Render Health is a health technology company that helps transition healthcare operations in emergent markets to the digital age. They are currently in Lagos, Nigeria right now, helping the market there and the residents of Nigeria there. And uh, G-Day basically shares with us his story, how his vision has come to be, how he's continuing to grow it and serve the community as a whole, and also uh, taking into consideration healthcare provider burnout, as well as patient and provider communication. So grab your drink of choice, check out this episode, and join us. Welcome, G-Day. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jennifer. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. I'm tired, but, you know, keep it moving as, uh, as usual. Yeah, I see that. You're, you're um, in Kentucky right now. Yes, fairly here. Fairly here. Um, you know, i got this gig going up here, but, you know, be back in Lagos um, next week. That's yeah. good. And your, your home is in Lagos right now? Yes, my home is in Lagos. Yeah, but sometimes I'm in the U.S. because my for my family is here, uh, my uh, fiance is here, and so sometimes I come to the U.S. and sometimes um, to visit them, and sometimes I have some meetings I need to take care of. So I'm in the U.S. quite a bit um, sometimes. So about two, three times a year, I'm in the U.S. Awesome. Well, that's not too bad, I guess. <laughs> a little bit of yeah. a lot of travel can be tiring, but I know it's going for a good cause right now. You're you're up to some really good things right now. And oh, definitely. Yeah, like super exciting. Um, I'm hoping you can chat with us a little bit more about Render Health. You're the CEO of Render Health. 
And if you could just tell me, I find your story so fascinating when we chatted about it a couple of weeks ago that I thought it was important that you share with us a bit about yourself. Let us know where this all started. Oh, thank you very much. And Jennifer, thank you for the time. I'm actually excited uh, to be in the podcast and talk about uh, Render Health. Um, so before I actually dig into Render Health, it will be kind of, I want to kind of step back and talk about myself as kind of how I move into health, into the health technology part of it. So I was actually going to be one of you guys. I want to be one of you guys, a doctor. <laughs> um, you know, throughout my childhood, I wanted to be a doctor. And my parents always kind of threw this little thing like, oh, man, you know, there's no doctor in the family. It'd be great, you know, if the first one came out of our family. So and I've always loved healthcare growing up. So went to college. I majored in biology. I actually got my associate's degree in pre-medicine. So did the whole med school route, you know, um, shadowing doctors, doing volunteer work, you know, the whole thing to like, you know, stack up your resume and get ready for med school application. So I remember, so my junior year in college, my second semester, I would never forget this event. I was in the science building. I think I was going to a class and I saw this, um, this poster and it was this Google event. Uh, I was partnering with Georgia Tech. So I went to Kennesaw State University. That's where I graduated from. And Georgia, Georgia Tech is one of the biggest um, tech, uh, tech um, universities in the state of Georgia. And I just walked in that in the hall and they were talking about, you know, if you if you had an idea, you wanted to brainstorm with someone about it, as tech-wise, you know, you could partner up with people. And I partnered up with someone and it kind of just brought back the, the tech part of me, which I actually had as a kid. And I kind of got back to my, you know, my hostel that night and started rethinking the whole thing. Like, oh my God, I think I want to go back to tech. I want to be in tech. But I still had a passion for healthcare. So I literally went on um, AliExpress is where we kind of log in for class. I logged on and the second semester of my junior year, I changed my major from com- from biology to computer science. I had one year left. I was prepared for the MCATs and all that, you know, studying. And I just like, you know what? I'm going, I'm going to tech. Wow. Um, a lot of courage. Yes. Yes. Um, but at that point, you know, I, but I, I de- till today, I don't regret um, doing it. Um, but so I still had a passion for healthcare and I wanted to be in tech. So what I was definitely going into was definitely health technology. And I, I wanted to kind of, you know, coalesce both of them together. And so ended up, you know, getting my minor in biology and my kind of major in computer science. I ended up staying like a year and a half in college um, to get my degree in computer science. So after I then graduated, I ended up working in biotech. See, I kind of went back to the um, healthcare part of things. And um, so what I did mostly in biotech was I worked for this biotech firm in Iowa. I was there for a couple of years uh, where my job was to actually travel to different hospitals across the United States. And I was reviewing patients' health records in connection to what we call IPs, investigational products. So I work specifically in oncology. So throughout my years in um, biotech, I have like work, I have reviewed different patients' records from, I work in uh, breast cancer, prostate cancer, melanoma, leukemia, and I also did some PED studies. Um, actually, most of my PED studies were in Children's Healthcare of Atlanta, fortunately, uh, you know, being in Atlanta. And um, that actually kind of, you know, started like, kind of drawing me back into healthcare. And during that period, I worked with different EMRs, the different, the big ones. I've worked with, you know, Epic, the Cerners, and other, other EMRs, kind of. That was where I went to review the patient's charts. 
And um, so there was a specific time I went back to Nigeria because my parents live in Nigeria. And I went to Nigeria and I think I went to the doctor with my dad. And the whole registration process was actually still the same when I left Nigeria at the age of 15. It was still, yes, it was still, you get to the hospital, they ask for what's your card number? Meaning like, you know, your what, what is your file number? That's, they call it card number. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, man, this is almost more than 10 years after and there's still no progress. And also me being in biotech kind of spun the thinking of, okay, like if you want to basically do clinical research in Africa, in Nigeria specifically where I was from, if you still use paper records, it's still going to be tough to begin to get clean data to begin medical research. And off of them was when I started like thinking, I was like, you know what, let me start looking into EMRs in Nigeria, digital health record systems. How many are they? Who are the major people in the market? And it was not a lot. Um, for the most populous country in Africa, we are not doing very well on the health technology side. So I kind of took it upon myself, like, I, I'm going to build this. I'm going to do this. And um, so from then on, I started, you know, talking to doctors in Nigeria. And uh, that was kind of what led to the idea, because I said, you know what, with so much diseases um, in Africa, we need great, we need to find a way to house clean data that could be accessible as far back as when needed to be able to conduct proper research. And um, this kind of was what, what led to the idea, like, you know what? Let me start. This is the first process, which means like digitizing health records and then, you know, maybe take it further into like clinical research. So that was that's kind of where the whole Render Health started as a company. Wow. So how long ago would that have been now from today? Uh, um, that was you had that moment. I, <laughs> that, that moment was 2018. OK, so not so long ago, only three years ago. So, yeah. I really love how you come full, kind of come full circle, basically. You know, you thought you would be on the front lines. You know, your family encouraged that. You know, you were about to, you know, you were in school for that. You were about to write your MCAT. You invested so much. Um, didn't really complain about it. It's not like you had doubts. You just were doing it. And then something else came up that you thought, oh, you know, and it kind of triggered a memory from your childhood. And I love how all of that is connected. And oh. then, yeah. Sure. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And going back to Nigeria with your parents and then recognizing how you can be of service um, there. Right. Yeah, wow. definitely. Definitely. Um, actually, like, so just to kind of piggyback and like, so the idea actually started in after 2018, 2019, started doing a lot of research. I was like, um, so I, then I had to have to fly, I had to have to fly to different states um, to go to different hospitals. So I would kind of push my schedule. I would fly for like two weeks. So I would pack all my work within two weeks and I'll pay like a week and I'll fly to Lagos and like work from Lagos. Wow. Yes. And wow. So it would kind of work well for me because like it's a six hour time difference okay. between my work my company in Iowa and Nigeria. So usually by 11, by um, one o'clock is when I have to resume work on my, when I was working from home. So mm -hmm. I have to kind of you know, relate with my clients, the hospitals that I'm working with. And then, so in the morning time, I had time to basically do research and talk to doctors. So 2019 was when I, late 2019 was kind of when I actually like left my job 
in the U.S. and uh, packed up my bag of baggages, you know, told my apartment I'm not renewing my lease and I uh, moved back to Nigeria. Wow. Like, like I said earlier, that takes a lot of courage to make such a bold decision and not to just desire it, but then to follow through on it. And I love how it just started with you doing research. Like maybe not at that point, did you have the company in mind or anything like that, but you just knew what your mission was, if it's safe to say, was to... Definitely, advance. definitely, yeah. definitely, definitely, correct. That's awesome. So now here we are. So you started in 2000, you quit your job in 2019 to start this on a full-time scale. And yeah. um, and then you, you know, Render Health eventually was developed. So can you tell us more now about that, where you're at now? As of now, we kind of have over um, over 25 hospitals kind of actually using our platform right now. We're actually making revenue. We've actually, you know, at Amazon, we worked with Amazon. Amazon kind of got in contact with us. Like they gave us a bunch of credits uh, to be able to, you know, build our platform. Um, yeah, so we are currently full. T- we're only in the private sector right now. If we kind of go back to before that. So one of the things that we did before we built this platform was we had to talk to doctors in Nigeria. Um, we did not, I didn't want to be that guy that just brings a product from the United States mm-hmm. and take it to Nigeria as is and force people in Nigeria to use it. I feel like that would not work because we had to know what the doctor's pain points were um, and how digitizing their healthcare system will help them do their work more efficiently. Um, so one of the first things we did before we actually started the whole project was we actually did a focus group. So we did a focus group with about 20 doctors. I did it over the course of three days. We did a, a session in the in the morning, session at night and the evening, and then the following day. So it was a Friday and a Saturday, and we talked to doctors about what are the pain points. And off of those data sets that they gave us and was what we used to build the platform because we know how, you know, in the, and I've worked with different uh, healthcare providers here and they complain about how um, some EMRs could be so annoying and frustrating. And we didn't want to build something that, you know, when we take it to Nigeria, we're going to go through the same pain points as the doctors here were going through. So we had to be able to talk to doctors. We, we, but we had like the young doctors in the, in the focus group session, the older doctors, and kind of had to get to a median where we could build something that works for both groups and could be difficult to use. So we had to simplify what I learned here and kind of bring it, make it much more easier uh, to use. So, yeah, so that's um, as, as far we where we are now, like I said, we have over 25 doctors. Um, we have, uh, and this, this doctor is using the platform on a daily basis. Um, another aspect of Render Health that we've not uh, mentioned. So in begin, in building this platform, we, our advisor told us that we had to kind of have a health insurance part of the business. Um, the health insurance market in Nigeria is actually currently, um, it's on the rise. So another thing that what we did was we actually built a platform whereby health insurance have their own end and could receive claims okay. directly from healthcare facilities that they work with. Um, so most health insurance companies, a good amount still use paper claims uh, whereby they, um, the healthcare provider, you know, they, pull, they, they get the patient information. Once they get authorizations to treat the patients, they'll have to like, you know, create a bill and invoice and paper and then mail it to the 
health insurance providers. So we actually provided a platform for health insurance companies to be able to kind of manage their enrollees and like assign those enrollees to those healthcare facilities so the healthcare facilities could send them bills and claims for processing. Um, this kind of helped the health insurance providers kind of reduce fraud and, you know, saving time, basically making their business more efficient. Yeah, and that's all and then, integrated in the the EMR. So it's yeah. directly like the providers directly billing. Yes. Basically? Yes. Okay. And yeah. just to be just to specify to you, this is obviously all private. Um, yes, it's all private. Hospital this system all right private. now. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other thing I was going to ask is, so in terms of what Render Health then is all about, so it's an EMR system for healthcare providers, um, hospitals, for insurers. Um, in terms of electronic um, documentation, and it's also for patients. Is there a portal? For yes. Anywhere? Yes. Okay. So, can you talk more a little, like about that? And I, because I, I do remember when you and I chatted, you had mentioned when you were chatting with physicians, um, what you something about uh, when when they would chat with patients, they wouldn't necessarily write things down or put things on scripts. And so, I was just wondering if you could elaborate on that. Oh, definitely. Um, so like I said, the, the, the focus group was very, very insightful. Um, you know, I, 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 I would, if anyone is trying to build something in Africa, I think one of the first thing you cannot take what you learn here and take it there. It wouldn't work. Um, so obviously here in the United States, a, a patient has access to the records except the doctor kind of hides it from there. Automatically, a patient has access. So one of the questions we posed during this focus group was, um, what are your opinions with patients having access to their record? It was a huge unanimous, oh, no, oh, no, no, why should they? No, it was a kickback. And I stumbled on that, like, oh, what? That's a problem here? And, and I wanted them to elaborate. And what I got was this. They say once patients get access to their records, one of the things they're going to do is, especially they feel like the ones who are not so intelligent like that, maybe illiterate ones that are not, what they will do is when they get those paper records, they will kind of, if they see that they have the same symptoms, they will just immediately go purchase the medication that was given to them. Okay. So instead of them going to constantly, maybe... They, they could be the same symptoms, but could be for a different disease. And they might need a different medication. But they said if patients have access to those records, they could just go to the to the pharmacy and just, you know what, oh, I have access to this records. This is always headache check, you know, coughing check, you know, nosebleed check. Okay, I'm just going to go buy this medication because this is what the doctor prescribed. And most pharmacies in Nigeria, not all of them, you could you don't need a prescription oh. to go there. You, yes. Okay. So, so you can just go there and say, hey, I need some um, some antibiotics and, and they just give it to you. Really? Yeah. So they don't need, yeah. so they don't need the oversight of a physician, like the pharmacists don't over there. The, the main major pharmacists, they need scripts. Okay. But obviously not not everyone is not, some of them they just they're just in the business to make money, right. so they don't really care for the script. Right. They're not regulated. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. So one of the so when we started like we talking to the doctors and they told us that they don't have patients they don't want patients to have access to their records and that was an adjustment we had to make from building the platform so we made it whereby anytime a health record is entered digitally the patient does not have access so now this kind of leads to the patient side of it mm-hmm. we are actually the first healthcare company in Nigeria to have both a patient portal both 
on the web platform and in the app. So we actually have an app for iOS and Android. Um, yeah, so you can actually download that right now. And there's actually a, a web uh, portal for that. And that portal actually allows for telehealth services. Oh, um, yeah. So another thing, and I also, I think we we'll get to the public sector. That's one of the things we want to kind of help healthcare centers that are in like remote places so they could connect to doctors in the cities and like be able to talk to doctors and they'll be able to pick the scripts around them. We actually built uh, a patient portal. So this will allow patients to actually schedule an appointment with their doctors and they can look for um, verified doctors within the Renda Health Network. Because before we um, onboarded a hospital, we actually verify if they're actually a real hospital, not just like a, they just, you know, I just have a building and slap a name on it and call it a hospital. So we actually help um, patients find you know, trusted doctors around the area, according to their specialties. Uh, patients can actually schedule appointments. They can view their health record. If their doctor gives them the permission to do that, they could view their medical bills, pay their medical bills. And we actually have a cool feature uh, called um, Health Diary. Um, I kind of got this cool idea from um, when I used to work in biotech. Um, so back then, um, I, we used to, when we used to work with some um, melanoma patients, they had to chart when they took the IPs and write their reaction to it. So my job anytime I went to this clinic was I had to review all these patients' health diary and see, okay, when they took it on day 17, I need to see how the patients were feeling before I come, you know, call my manager and let them know, okay, I need to make a judgment call. Like this patient should not, you know, they, they're having a bad reaction to this. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we did is it kind of digitized that whereby a patient could actually say how they're feeling and chart it and like document it. So we have a rheumatologist currently on the platform and a rheumatologist actually likes this platform, um, this specific feature, and they tell doctors to monitor certain activities over a couple of days. So they say, I'll oh, take this. So they take a picture and then if it's swelling, just take a picture of it and, char- and, and like log it in. So before the appointment, they just attach all those documents to the doctor. So before the doctor, doctor, when they, before they preach out, preach out, they could look and kind of see a trend. Okay. Like, okay, it's, it's kind of working and they can, you know, keep their treatment on or they can see, okay, it's the swelling is not reducing or something like that. And they have to switch it up. So that's kind of a cool feature that we have. That's, you know, probably not, you know, here in the U S I guess. Right. So that enhances the communication though. Definitely. That's awesome because it's in the patient's voice and it's in their, um, they they can freely write how they're feeling. Like you said, I like the term diary because that's basically, you know, how they're, um, how they're expressing it. Right. But it's the physician. So just to be clear, in terms of patients accessing their data, like you said, it's different here in North America. We actually have been told in a way that patients are the data, like you are your data. So in Nigeria, they're still they're still not there yet. Okay, or not there. Period. It, 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 it's, it's still a hard push. Um, so it's very interesting. Younger doctors, because I've had conversations with a couple of doctors. Younger doctors are like, yeah, I, I don't mind that. But the older ones say, no, it's a hard no. So I kind of, I might be wrong, but I think as time go time is going on, I think that perception will change. Yeah. might change but i think the younger doctors are more accepting like yeah sure but the older doctors are kind of like a still a kind of a yes no yes no kind of thing yeah. and that's the thing in healthcare you know it i feel is a very quick 
world. Like things move at a fast pace. You're always thinking ahead, it seems, and you're always envisioning something uh, for the future in a way. And then you basically create it, right? (laughs) And But I find in the system of healthcare as a whole, you know, it's all human beings, right? At, At the end of the day. And I do find that things in healthcare, even if it's just perceptions and perspectives and biases, they take a longer time to to come around. So I think the fact that you have the diary is a really cool, a really cool adjunct right now to start opening that line of communication both ways, which is really, definitely, really definitely. cool. Uh, uh, and then another thing we actually kind of added this kind of, we added this communication feature whereby patients could actually send um, messages to their doctor and the doctor can actually view those messages and respond back to them. It's not been quite catchy yet, um, but obviously, you know, over time, you know, something that, you know, will improve communication between patients and doctors. Right. Yeah, I have a good feeling about that. I think it will based on what you're sharing. So when you, um, from a from a physician burnout perspective, um, when you introduce this EMR system, was there pushback at first about going to electronic health and everything was so paper pen? And how has that changed or um, improved since you've implemented it in terms of burnout or stress on providers? Like I said, I have kind of worked with a lot of healthcare providers in the U.S. before I moved back to Nigeria in my field. And burnout, especially charting, it's a huge, huge thing. And one of the things I tried to analyze was when I actually told talk to the doctors during the focus group and try to address that. You know, we don't want to, we don't want to build something similar to what they have here in, in, in States in North America in general, because that it's, I would say it's working, but obviously some, some physicians are like, we have to do it because they have no choice. You know, in, in Nigeria, they have a choice. They don't have to use it. So if it's not that, you know, over here, you know, North America, it's like most hospitals, they're forced to use it. In Nigeria, they don't. Nick is like, we want your product. Uh, it's not serving us. We're not going to use it. So one of the things we have to make it so much, much simpler. So we, we built it whereby there's not so many tabs. And most of the, the, the nurses could do most of their work for them, meaning the patient comes in, they already did the vital signs. So by the time the doctor takes over, see the vital signs, put in the notes, and then they send the information to the accounting department to, you know, build the patients and wrap up the visits. Um, so that was one of the things we did to make sure that it is not like so you don't have to, you know, there's not this hard stop here. You have to do this before you move to the next step. We didn't build all that in there. We wanted something simple for you because our focus is emerging markets. You don't want to build a product for an emerging market and build it that is going to be so much complicated to use. And um, so we focus specifically on listening to our doctors and like, you know, letting them listen to their pain and fixing those to make sure that it's much, it's very um, easy for them to, to use. And uh, to be shifted a lot of the, not a lot of the work, but most of what the physician is supposed to do to like, like the nurses, like I said earlier, um, they do all the, you know, they did the vitals and also they don't, the doctors will have to worry about the, the billing part. They just kind of tell the nurses, hey, build this patient for this, build this patient for that. So kind of want, let me throw this in there. So most hospitals that use our platform are not 100% digital. So I need to put that in there. So this use some kind of paper. So on the paper, they might just tell the, um, uh, the, the front desk, build the patient for this, that, this, that. And then the, they get the, the nurse gets the, the note. 
puts it in there and then bills the patient. So it kind of kind of re- reduces what the doctor has to do and simplifies everything else. Uh, as far as um the the way that it's kind of helped the process whereby anytime a patient is, especially for telehealth, once the record is in the patient's chart and they're doing the telehealth, they could just refer back to the patient's record without at home without having to be in the hospital. So that's one of the things that it's kind of it's kind of helped out um with with doctors. I say I think those are like the major points that it's kind of um it's kind of helped doctors, uh, especially in Nigerian market. So one of the major reasons why most hospitals cannot go 100% electronic is obviously infrastructural problems. So not all hospitals have 24-hour power. So internet is thing. Most hospitals kind of have internet now, but 24-hour power is one thing. Some some hospitals kind of have 10 hours of power. Some have 24 hours. So it's that's why most hospitals cannot go 100% um, electronic. So there's some times whereby you know they will paper chart and then like after maybe when there's power, they upload that information into the into the patient's chart. And so one of the things you see as far as pushback is once there's some older doctors, they they like the platform. And they think, man, this is something that's going to be tough for me to use. And some of them will hire someone who is younger in the front desk to help them navigate the process. And like maybe they could be sort of like a scribe for them. So they create process to simplify their work for them while not, and we, our process actually does not make it hard for them to comprehend. I don't know if that kind of makes sense, but yeah, that's so that's kind of what we did to make sure that we don't we reduce burnout for um, the healthcare providers. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, I appreciate though that you took the time to do the focus groups, to take in the feedback and that you also learned from your previous experiences in the States and how you know, the, the mere fact of clicking, for example, in and out of tabs and having all of that open is one of the big, big reasons for burnout and fatigue and exhaustion is because it's too much, right? It's just too many tabs open, too much clicking going on. So things like that are, are helpful if you can minimize it, even if it's coming for potentially from an infrastructure standpoint at this point. But I think it's it would make most sense to start simple and then to build the platform with ongoing feedback as you go along rather than start it out complicated with all of this stuff going on, right? And having to undo all that. And, and that's exactly that's exactly what we're doing. Every time, so we have some of our um, our, our team that work with us, we call them CRPs, client relationship personnel. We always encourage them, get feedback from these doctors. Mm-hmm. Go back to the hospital. What issue is they having? And they are they not okay? We see that they're not using this. Okay, ha- ask them why they're not creating that much appointments for their patients. Why are they not you know putting in the medication for this patient? Is it that the platform is so hard? And then the feedback we get is what we put back into the platform. So we're not going to say that Render Health is a platform that is 100% built. No, we're still a baby. We're still learning, and the feedback we get from the do- this doctors and what we assume from our platform. I love that. And I love that it's your take, like you have render health and then you have the physicians and like the staff and providers, and you also have the patients and, and are the patients at all? Do you have any feedback from patients using the system, even through the doctor, yeah. what they're saying? So one of the things, so the, 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 phys- the patient side of it has not been as active uh, because we actually just went live. And so we built the platform. 2019 was when we're learning. 2020 was mostly like pre-selling platform and building. So we actually went live in uh, October 20, 
20. And so till now, we've, we've had some patients use it, but we've not got enough uh, feedback from patients yet. So one of the things I've been telling doctors is, hey, do you know your, this is available to your patients? And they say, yeah, they know. So, um, we, so one of our goals is try to, you know, encourage patients to download the app and show them how they can connect much more with their doctors using the app or the web platform. Right. So it sounds like too, you're just getting it out there essentially and just exposing yourself more, right? And, and definitely, definitely. That's exactly what we're doing. Exactly I'm happy doing. for you. So you had said that initially when you were working in biotech that, you know, you were, you were extracting clear data through technology, basically clear health yeah. data to support um, patients and ailments and things like that, medications. So at this point, do you have, like, are you finding that, that you've been able to do that? I know that the, the patient enrollment isn't very high, but do you see that you're able to start extracting some health data that will be valuable to Lagos and Nigeria um, in the residents? Um, so as, as of now, I'm going to say we have not. So we have a, over over 5,000 health workers currently in our platform. But right. what we're doing is we're not too focused in that part yet. So it's like a step. So when the, fir- the, the first part we focused on right now is building the platform, learning from doctors. So once we get to the level whereby, okay, we're, we're comfortable with this part and we have a good amount of, of hospitals, you know, they're using this. And like I said, we'll get to this later, like we're moving into the public sector. And once we feel comfortable with that, then we can start, you know, we can start saying, okay, you know, this is, we can start analyzing the data and say, okay, this is the disease that's most prominent in this area. We can, you know, help the government, the local government in this area, like, hey, you know, maybe um, typhoid is the most common disease in this area. Maybe you need to improve the water um, in that area. Oh, you know, malaria is this. Maybe you need to give these people mosquito nets and stuff like that. So that's kind of, this what, what's, that's what our future goal is. But one of the things we just want to kind of take it step by step till, you know, till we get to where we want to get to in the long term. That's awesome. I love that. I really don't have many more questions to ask you. That was going to be my question. If, I, I don't know if you basically answered, but where do you see you're clearly a guy with a vision. <laughs> so, okay. So I'm not, I'm not trying to take you like too far ahead because I know we got to ground ourselves and I know that, you know, you got to build this from the bottom up. Um, but what is your big vision for Render Health? What are you, like, when you think about it, what, what does that trigger inside of you overall? Oh, man. So the big vision for the company, and we're actually working towards that. So like I said earlier, one of the things we're doing right now is we are currently um, in the private sector. And for us to be able to, we've been talking to the public sector, we've been talking to some state governments in uh, in uh, Nigeria um, to be able to um, begin uh, PPPs, which are like uh, some private-public partnerships, where we work with the general hospitals, because the public hospitals have a ton of patients. I mean, they, so public hospitals are very, very affordable um, for most people, but so they're very uh, cheap, and that's where the ton of the volume is. So what we are trying to work with them to be able to implement our platform in those general hospitals. Um, so we've been definitely getting a lot of positive talk. So right. towards, that's what we'll be doing towards um, late this year to early next year, implementation and starting pilots in those states. And um, once we get there, I think that's going to actually move us to our next um, level, whereby we see ourselves kind of working with um, different, like the World Health Organization, you know, helping them provide insightful data to be able to, you know, better get um, data to be able to help 
communities stay healthier, help state governments, uh, you know, if there's a connect people in remote areas so they don't have to spend the money that they're supposed to use for the treatment as transportation, you know, because the way it works is, especially in like in some states is there's the main hospitals called general hospitals and there are some, I'll call them satellite clinics whereby they're much more close to the, to the, to the small towns, but they don't have the equipments and the doctors are not there all the time. So we want to kind of set up this teleconsultation stations where, you know, patients will just go there and receive teleconsultation, you know, appointments, and then they'll be able to kind of get their drugs or, you know, and so that, that's what we're looking for is to basically create a way whereby we organize the data, provide insightful, you know, insightful data to be able to get people to be more healthier and, you know, create a healthier community and also move into basically clinical research whereby, you know, if there's a new disease, we have the data, we partner up with the state governments to be able to get into clinical research to be able to find cures for the diseases. So that is what we are looking at long-term. Um, and then, so hope, definitely we, that's our goal. I don't want to call it a moonshot, but, you know, it's up there. <laughs> it's on its way. That's for yeah. sure. And I mean, yeah. I appreciate you being here so much. And I really Thank love how, uh, again, like how it's all led to helping others and serving the community and, um, you know, being a proactive member and trying to uplift health in areas that need it most. Um, I think that's so cool. And so if people want to connect with you or learn more about Render Health, uh, where do you suggest they follow you or connect? Oh, yeah. So they could, anyone could go to our website, um, just renderhealth.com. Like, so just render, R-E-N-D-E-R, health, render health. And on, on, you know, any social media platform, Instagram, Twitter, at render health. Um, yeah, so you can always reach us there. And um, yeah, just check us out. See what we're doing in Nigeria. Thank you so much. It's been a pleasure having you. It's been great chatting with you again. I love your energy. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. So if you guys like this podcast, please subscribe and leave an honest review. Your feedback means everything to me. Your reviews are what moves this podcast forward, and I always appreciate receiving them. If you want to get a hold of me directly, reach out to me on social media. My handles are in the show notes, and you can always subscribe to my weekly newsletters at jenniferGeorge.co so that we can stay connected. So until next time, thank you guys so much again for your ongoing support.